Hello, South Pointers. How are y'all doing? Good. Let me see. Most of you look pretty good today. Good job. Good job. I'll let you guys decide who's looking good and who ain't. All right. Hey, if this is your first time here today, let me just say my name is Pastor Craig and my wife and I um, have the amazing opportunity to pastor this church. And uh, man, I'm so glad you guys are here. Like from the bottom of my heart, we are genuinely honored that you are doing church with us today. This is Especially if it's your first time, because church shopping is a scary, scary thing. And so one of our values here is we want to create a safe place where you can come and just download some good things from God. So how many are ready to download some good things from God today? Maybe connect with Him a little bit. Um, before I even jump into that, I want, to, I want to reiterate two things that Austin said a minute ago, because they are so important. So next week is our Christmas service. Um, bring somebody with you. All right, it's going to be a great service. Um, Bring somebody with you. Bring, bring, bring somebody with you. Let, let me rephrase it so you understand. Bring somebody with you. Okay, come, come next week. It's going to be a great time, great time. We've been working on it for a while, and it will be a good, good day. Um, and then the week after that, we are taking the Sunday off here in-house. There will be a, an online um, worship set and a message from me. And uh, another reason, we're giving our volunteers a day off, but also there's another reason we're doing this. We're doing this because... I think you guys have recognized that, I hope you've recognized, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of busyness. There's a lot of going, things going on. Even coming to church can become a busy thing that you have to do. What if, the idea was, what if you had a Sunday where you could literally sit and do nothing and just click a button and watch service and to be connected with the service and enjoy your family, enjoy your home, and maybe decompress a little bit from the holidays. Doesn't that sound good? So that's what we're going to do, and that'll be in two weeks. Okay, so with that, like right now, I know a lot of you guys are, if you're like me, there's, the, there's a lot going on. Like you already have your, normals, your normal schedule of things you do, like from January to like October, right? You've got your normal life laid out there, and then it comes holiday time, and so we have to keep doing our normal stuff, but then on top of that, you got a whole lot more, right? The hustle and bustle of running around, getting gifts, getting them gifts, making sure they got gifts, b cooking and baking. And if you're baking stuff, I'll tell you my address. You can bring it to my house, right? Bake stuff. And you got all that going on. And it's just like more and more stress. And, but you, no matter what's going on, you keep a smile on your face, right? Even if it looks like a grimace because this is the hap, hap, happiest time of the year, right? And if you think that's it, mm, but wait. There's more, because on top of all that, you also have this thing called family. <laughs> family, um, and there's family drama, and see, both services before this one, when I said family, it gets real quiet, because you're like, oh, I brought family with me, and I don't even like them, he's preaching to you, but I can't move and say that, right? So we, we have our family, and there's drama there, and family will come into town, now, just like, not that this ever happened in your family, but family will come into town and they say stupid things. They say stupid things. Like they'll come in and they'll say, oh my goodness, are you ever going to settle down and get married? You know, and you're like, I'm on my third marriage. What more do you want, right? <laughs> or, or they'll say things like, wow, that sweater makes you look way thinner than you really are. Is that a compliment? I don't know. Um, or, or they'll say things like, wow, you're packing on the pounds, kind of looking like a grizzly getting ready to hibernate. Way to go. True story. I had a family member come in 
um, just several months ago, came in, and um, we hadn't seen him in a while. And we sit down across the table, and she looked at me, and she was, this, was this, she, this is what she did. She sat down, she went, hmm, well, Craig, your hairline is receding, and you look really old. You've aged a lot. Are you sick or something? I'm like, thanks? Like, well, how do you, and, and that's the deal, right? Family will say stupid things. Come on. Family will say stupid things, or, or they'll bring up something from the past and just like slap you upside the head. Anybody ever? Anybody? Anybody? Like you dealt with it maybe three years ago, but then the conversation goes a certain way around Christmas or whatever, and they bring it up, and it's just like, ah, if I had a knife, I'd stab you, right? And so here's the deal. In between, watch this, because you know whatever they say or do, the next words out of your mouth will determine how the rest of your day will go, right? What comes out of your mouth will determine how the rest of your day goes or will determine how the rest of your week goes or for some of you, it will determine how the rest of your marriage goes. There's this thing in between what they say and do and what we say and do. And it's this, this space, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Check this, this, this quote out. Have you guys ever read, um, there's, there's a book called Man's Search for Meaning by um, Frankel, Victor Frankel. If you haven't read it, I really recommend it. It's a great, it's just a great book. Um, but he says this in this book. Check this out. He says, between a stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Okay, so... This, okay, I'm going to continue with the quote, but in that space, get this, lies our growth and our freedom. In that space, some of our space is very small, right? They say something, the family does a stimulus, right? They say something and we say immediately, go to, nope, don't say go to anywhere, right? Just, just, where's that space? How much have you grown? Where's your freedom? Growth and freedom. The last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, Wow, okay, so let me break that down for a second. So in between the, the stimulus, in between your family member saying something stupid, all right, let's just bring it real home. In between your spouse saying something stupid, come on, somebody. No? You ain't moving, are you? All the guys are like, bro, I am not even like looking at her. Uh, all right, so in between, and all the stuff we're talking about today, it can be dealt with with family, but also friends. Like friend, friend drama, I know none of you have that, but it, same stuff works. So in between the stimulus and the response, in between them saying something stupid and us acting on that or whatever, we get to choose. There's, some of our space is really small, right? Some of, some of that space is just like, whoo, quick. But in that space, what most of us do most of the time is we immediately think it's their fault. Well, if they wouldn't have said that, then I wouldn't be dealing with this. If they wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be in this situation. And we blame other people real quick with the situation when a lot of it's in us. In fact, you can fill in the blank. As long as you blame others for your unhappiness, you will always be unhappy. As long as you blame other people, the reason I'm unhappy is because he said this. The reason I'm not happy is because she did this. As long as you're blaming other people for your unhappiness, you will always be unhappy. As long as you're blaming other people for your happiness, you will not always be happy. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? And you say, I just don't believe that, Pastor Craig. I just don't think. Okay, 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 okay. Let's look at what the Bible says. Jesus' half-brother, a guy named G James, said this. James 4.1. What's the cause of your conflicts with your wife? 
Let me, let me I'll, I'll say it again. What is the cause of your conflicts? What causes the conflicts in your marriage? What causes the conflicts in your family? What causes the conflicts and quarrels with each other, your friends? What, what, where does it all come from? Don't you wish you knew where it came from? Because then if you knew where it came from, you could turn it down. Well, he answers the question. The Bible is so stinking awesome. He says this. He says, doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? Oh, it, starts, it starts in us. It's not them. It's us. It's us. And so if we're going to turn down the family drama, if we're going to turn down the friend drama in our lives, then we have to recognize where it comes from and where it starts with. Now, I want to explain something to you. Today, I want to teach you this idea of a drama triangle. The drama triangle zone. And so it's a little teachery here at first, but then it all comes together. Okay, so can you hang with me for a little teachery moment? Four of you, the rest of you. Can you hang with me for just a second? Okay, it won't take long. Let me just, it's like, I don't want to learn. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good. Okay, so in this triangle of drama, there's, there's three types of people. There's the victim, okay? And the victim is the person who has the mindset of, they have the stance of, woe is me. Everybody's against me. Nobody likes me. Every conversation, every post is about me. Oh, woe is me. And they have the mindset that they are, get this, they have a mindset that they are not responsible for their negative circumstances, nor do they think they have the power to get out of their negative circumstances because they're a victim. Okay? Okay? How are we doing so far? Okay, okay, okay. They don't enjoy life. You know, the, the victim people, they have a hard time making decisions. They have a hard time making choices. They're just, they got some struggles there. Okay, but then there's the rescuers. And the rescuers are the people that they rescue people. Right? They're the ones that are always, go they have a project person. And they will do everything to rescue that person, to help that person. Their mindset is, I want to help you. I'm going to change your life. And they will work on this person so much so that they'll even drop responsibilities of taking care of themselves in certain areas. They'll drop responsibilities of taking care of their spouse in certain areas just because they're so focused on this person. These are the kind of people that are very anxious, they're overworked, they're workaholics, they are constantly doing something to help somebody else even though they're tearing themselves down. And the whole time they're rescuing someone else, inside them is this resentment that's just festering. It's just festering, it's getting worse and worse, and they have a martyr mentality, okay? <laughs> Having fun? Okay, you got time for one more, one more? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then there's the persecutors. The persecutors are the ones that are always saying, it's your fault. You're the one who did, you're the one to blame. It's your fault. These are the people that are angry, unbendable, stubborn. Have you guys ever met anybody stubborn? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Stubborn and, and they, they have this mindset that everything is everybody else's fault. And get this, they will always point out what's wrong in you or in situations, but they never offer hope or any solution to fix it. It's always just the, that's what's wrong with you. That's the problem with this situation. That's the problem with this church. That's the problem with your family. That's the problem with my job. Oh, you got, got a solution? You got a little hope? They don't give that, okay? Okay, so with those simple definitions, there, you made it through. Woo! Okay, with those simple definitions, can you probably, you can probably take name tags of those and already put them on family members and friends. Anybody? Anybody? You can already say, oh, they're... They're a victim. And, and honestly, you probably even thought, where's my name tag? I'm, 
I'm this person or I'm that person. Okay, so this is the drama triangle zone. This is where drama happens. And here's the power of this triangle. Don't miss this. It's not just that you find out where you are. See, what happens in the drama triangle is you actually have the ability to stay in drama but switch roles. You, you switch roles. So here's how it works. Let's say you came and to South Point. Hey, everybody. And you came to South Point and you have a victim mentality. And you're like, yes. I am a victim. Everyone is against me. But then I heard Katie sing those beautiful songs and my life was changed and transformed. And then, Pastor Craig, you spoke the word of God and things ripped apart inside me. I am no longer a victim. Now I am an overcomer in Christ by the blood of Jesus. And so you change. And you go out of here and you find somebody else and you say, yes, I will rescue you. I will save you. I will help you become like me. <laughs> and you just go from a victim mindset to a rescuer mindset. Never, you change roles, but you've never actually gotten out of the zip code of being in the drama triangle. It's, it's kind of like going to, a, like going to a, a, an amusement park or whatever, and you ride a, have you guys ever rode a ride? Okay, okay, let me say this. I like roller coasters. Anybody here like, like, like I, roller coasters? They're cool, man. So I don't get motion sickness. Normally. And so that, that's cool. And so we rode this ride at this one park a few years ago. And it was, like, it was like an octopus kind of thing, you know, with these arms that hang down. And at the bottom of the arms was four seats, right? Y'all tracking with me? And so this weapon of Satan, okay? So what it did was it would go all the way around like, like all that. And then these arms all spun and moved and the chairs spun and moved. So I'm on this thing, and for the first like 30 seconds, I don't know how long, for the first little bit, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then when you lose sense of what's up and what's down, right, like you don't even know, I'm just like, oh God, I'm gonna throw, Ooh, I'm gonna puke. And the whole thing goes my mind as I'm getting sicker and sicker is, if I vomit, it's only going to go back on me. I'm going to vomit all over myself, and that'll just be bad. Okay, so here's what we did. I, I did get off that ride without puking. Praise God, hallelujah. Jesus be magnified in all his ways. Okay, We hung out in the park for a little bit, and guess what? After a little while, I felt good, so I got back on another ride. I wasn't getting back on that ride. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? But I got on another ride, and that's what we do. We get off of one of these rides. We get off of being a victim, and we never leave the park of drama. We just switch rides. And see, that's why we wonder. We start thinking that drama is normal. We start thinking, well... Yeah, our friend group has drama. That's just normal. Our family has drama. That's just normal. Listen, the reason you think it's normal is because you're living in the drama triangle. Drama is not normal. Drama is common. And there is a difference between what is normal and what is common. We live and we think this is how it's always going to be. I just have to manage my drama and that'll help. What if I told you it's possible to actually escape the zip code of the drama triangle. What if I told you there's actually an escape plan that I'm going to give you today that if you want to do it, you can actually step out of what's common and actually step into an uncommon life in Christ. You cannot just be a Christian like everybody else and deal with the same drama, the same gossip, the same manipulating, the same controlling attitudes. You can, you can actually, what if I told you you could actually step out of that? Any takers? Anybody? Eight of us? Cool. See, and that's, that's the deal. 
See, some of us won't step out. When I tell you what we're going to do, some of you won't step out of it because you don't want to leave the other person there. But you can never take someone out of the drama triangle. It's a choice you have to step into. And so some of us just say, well, I guess I'll just, I'll stay here and manage drama. Can I tell you something? Come on, get out of it. Get out of the family drama, get out of the friend drama, and actually live a life that Christ has for you, and then be so attractive in that lifestyle that the people that you love that are in the drama triangle decide to be more like you, and they step out of it. There is an escape plan. So can I, I know you want the escape plan, right? I know you do. I know you do. I know you do, right? woo Help me escape. Dear God, help me escape. She's driving me crazy. Help me escape. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um. You guys, so this is an escape plan. How many of you have ever been in a hotel? I'm sure you have. You've been in a hotel and you've seen the fire escape plan that they placard on the back of the door and stuff. You've seen those. Of those things, of those little maps of where the fire exits are, so what is the number one most important thing on that map? Shout it out. The number one most important thing is where you are. Because if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you are on the map. You don't know where a fire exit is or where it's not because you have to first know where you are to orient yourself, orientate yourself, right? That you, you just have to know that. The second most important thing is you have to remember all the turns, not just one. Don't just get the first step because I'm going to tell you some steps. Don't just get the first step of getting out, escaping. Okay, open the door, check. Turn left, check. Oh, I'm going to burn. I don't know where else to go, right? So there's steps and processes to get out of this, to fully escape all the way to the last one. So hang on, all right? So are you, do you want to learn this? Let's learn this. What would it be like if we could literally turn down the drama flow in our homes? I mean, this, that would be life-changing. How many would like less drama now than this? you've had this last year? I mean, just less, just less. All right, so here, here's, the, here's the drama thing. Here's how to do it. Romans 12, 16 says this. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. Okay, so this is what we're going for, right? We want to live happily in a, in a circle of harmony rather than a triangle of drama. It even sounds nice. A circle of harmony. All right, so here's how you do it. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you're too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Okay, now this is such a beautiful list. Just reading is not going to work. So we're going to take each one and just kind of explain it for just a little bit, okay? So here's the first one. Here's your first step. And this really is the first step to getting out of the triangle drama is you got to serve somebody. You got to serve somebody. Serving is a huge commodity in the kingdom of God. But even at this church, here's what we do. We, we put a high priority on serving, being on the volunteer team. There are people right now, there were hundreds of people today that it took serving to pull off three services and an online broadcast. They're serving. They're, they're doing amazing things. Yes, tell them thank you. You should high-five the people in the skybox. High-five, even if you don't have kids. Walk over there and just give a kids worker a high-five and say, you are awesome because you put up with their kid. Dear God. right? Give them a high-five. Love them. Serving is huge because here's what serving does. Serving rewires our brain to realize that it's not all about us. Some of you didn't get that. It's not all about us. And see, here's the difference in church world and business. And everything. Church world is different because if you're unchurched, de-churched, or you have no spiritual, like, 
foundation or whatever, like you're just a nun. I got no belief. Um, and you come in here and you make, you, you come for a while and then you, and when you come, it's all about you. A hundred percent of it is about you. Everything, the lights, the air conditioning, the heat, the coffee, everything, the soaps in the bathroom, it's all about you. And then the minute you make a decision for Jesus Christ to follow him like that, it's no longer about you. It, it's, it's no longer it's no longer about you just just like that all of a sudden now you are part of the team to go rescue the rest it, it's it's changing it around it's like if a ship capsized this is what a lot of churches do a, a ship capsizes in the water and there's thousands of people out there drowning and you go out and you grab one person and you drag them up to the shore and you set them down and you go okay okay wow you're saved <laughs> Let's, let's hold hands and sing a song. And they're going to go, what about all my friends? They're drowning. Oh, somebody will take care of them. You're here. Let's sing a song. <laughs> I know that's a silly explanation, but a lot of people gather to sing songs and hang out with people who are already out of the water. It, serving switches our brains to say, it's not about me because I'm already safe on the shore. I'm safe, I'm saved, I'm whatever term you want to put with it, so that I can go help somebody else. Serving does that. Serving changes everything. It changes everything. Look, okay, so why do we serve? Why do we serve? Um, we serve, how about this? Because Jesus told us to. I, you know, do you need three points in a dance? I don't, okay, Jesus told us to. Okay, Jesus told us to. So serve. All right, you ready for the second one? Here's the second one. <laughs> this is a great one. <laughs> You're not always right. I know, I know. <laughs> You're not always right. Look at the scripture that we read earlier. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Listen, this is a revelation for some of you. I know. <laughs> You're not always right. Wait, wait, you don't know everything. Even if you're a woman. <laughs> I got the same response for the first two services. I'm just playing, y'all. But all the guys were like, yeah, pastor, take one for the team, bro. Yeah. And all the ladies are like, I hate him. He's going to burn, right? Okay, I am just kidding. It doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl, but you're not always right. This week, this week, um, my wife and I, our offices over there are... You, you can't see each other, cause, but the door is open to the hallway so we can talk to each other. And so we, earlier in the day, we were talking about this a certain date. It's not really relevant, but I, I was like, it's on the 18th. And she's like, no, no, I'm pretty sure it's on the 27th or whatever. And I was like, okay. So later that day, she's sitting in her de office, and I'm sitting in my office, and she says, hey, babe, you, you, were, you were right. It's the 18th. I guess I was wrong. Okay, guys, what came out of my mouth next? I do not recommend to any of you. I said... Huh, how'd that taste coming out of your mouth? <laughs> it, the guys, it goes downhill from there. I'm just telling you, like, don't do that. Don't do that. But, but isn't it funny, especially in a family setting or a friend setting, how hard we'll argue to be right. We'll fight and fight to be right. And listen, when you fight to be right, you lose no matter what. But we fight fight and we fight. I want to be right. And you, you have a conversation and somebody says, no, that's not right. And what do they do? They pull out their phone and immediately go to Google. See, I told you so. And then the person's like, I don't believe it. That's just Wikipedia. That's not true. And it's just like, oh my gosh, 
Why are you still talking? Why are you still arguing and fighting to be right over something that does not matter at all? And for the sake of being right, we tear apart and mutilate relationships rather than just shutting our mouth and saying, Nothing. Get it? We say just nothing. Okay, let me show you this verse. This is, a, this is my new refrigerator verse. You guys know what a refrigerator verse is? It's those verses that people put on the refrigerators. Like, I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you, the plans to prosper you. Right? Or, or I, am, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or I'm an overcomer through the blood of Jesus. Right? All those verses. Here's a new one that I think we should get refrigerator magnets made. You ready? <laughs> this is awesome. This will help your Christmas. Proverbs 17, 28. When even a fool bites his tongue, he consider, he's considered wise. So shut your mouth when you're provoked. It'll make you look smart. <laughs> Anybody know somebody who needs that verse, right? It's like, baby, you look smart if you just shut up. Come on, somebody. How many know you're probably that person? Right? I look way smarter when I shut up. Just stop talking. Stop fighting to be right. You want to get out of the drama zone? Stop anchoring yourself to this idea that you know everything and you're right. What if I am right? What does it matter? What's more important, the being right or the relationship? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? All right, here's the third one. Never hold a grudge. Never hold a grudge. The scripture that we read earlier in Romans, it says, never hold a grudge or try to get even. Holding a grudge simply means you haven't forgiven them yet. You just haven't forgiven them. And, and, and we, we hold on to that and we're like, man, well, I'm not, I'm not letting go of this until Johnny apologizes to me. Johnny's got to apologize. Okay, what if Johnny never apologizes? What if he never, ever once for the rest of his life admits he's wrong, but you're still willing to allow this grudge and this unforgiveness to eat you up on the inside, to destroy you from the inside out? You're holding on to a grudge. It's like, if this is my grudge and you just hold on to it, man, I, I can't talk to Johnny until he apologizes to me. Johnny, Johnny just going, he's going to have to burn in hell is what he's going to do. He needs Jesus. He needs to apologize. He needs to get things straight. Okay, get this. Um, you're the one holding the grudge. Johnny's not holding a grudge. Johnny hasn't even thought about you in years. Johnny blocked you on Facebook eight months ago. He hasn't thought about you. He doesn't care about you. But you are holding on to a grudge so tight because you just have to be vindicated in whatever happened. And that, that grudge is like an anchor that chains you to the middle of the drama zone the middle of that triangle, and you, I'm telling you, you will never get out of the drama triangle unless you lay down grudges. They will keep you coming back, and you wonder why your life is full of drama all the time. It's because you're holding on to junk that you just need to let go. You just need to let go. Somebody say, uh-huh. Got a little serious right there, didn't it? It's like, man, man, he preaching. I just don't, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, okay. Here's how you do it. Because just saying that is one thing, but here's how you do it. Um, speak it, set it, live it. Speak it, set it, live it. Speak it, set it, live it. Real easy. Speak it, set it, live it. I say it's easy, but how many know forgiving somebody is the hardest thing in the world? Jesus forgives us like that, but I'm just telling you to forgive somebody else is a process. Don't believe the lie that it's instantaneous, because it's not. It's a process that we go through. 
but it's a process that we need to go through. We need to go, so speak it. The Bible says this, he says, the Bible says, speak those things that are not as though they were. Okay, so that's King James. So basically what he's saying is he's saying, hey, listen, speak what you want to have happen in your life. So you, I'm not, we're not saying, do you feel like apologizing to them? Not asking that at all. You probably don't feel like apologizing. You probably feel like digging a hole in the backyard about six feet down and putting them in that, and then they'll be, you know, don't do that. Um, it's not whether you feel it or not. It's, I'm going to speak that I forgive Johnny. Johnny, I, for, I forgive Johnny. Do I need to go tell them? No, not really. Not at this stage, because right now we're just dealing with us, right? I forgive Johnny. When you think of Johnny, say out loud, you forgive him. And the more you say that and the do that, I'm telling you, it will plant a seed in your heart and it will grow. And forgiveness will grow from the inside out based on the fruit of your mouth that you speak. So speak it. And then, lit, or, and then set it. Set it. Here's what you got to have. You need, you need to set boundaries. Just because you forgive Johnny doesn't mean you trust Johnny. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. Somebody... I say this all the time, forgiveness is a gift, trust is a wage. You earn trust. We give forgiveness, okay? So Johnny, I don't trust Johnny in my home for whatever reason. I'm just making up, obviously, a situation. I don't trust Johnny. Okay, so I need to set a boundary and say, Johnny, you're not coming over, bro. Well, why not? I thought you forgave me. I thought, I do forgive you, but you got to earn some trust. And so we need to set up some boundaries. And you might be real quick to say, well, that's not very Christian-like. Jesus wouldn't do that. He accepted everybody. <laughs> Jesus is the one where we learn boundaries from. Jesus set up boundaries around his prayer time. He set up boundaries with his friends. He set up boundaries with his disciples, the, the three, the 12, the 70. He set up boundaries keeping his family out of certain situations. Jesus did telling you boundaries will save your life you set up boundaries you'll probably get to take less Xanax so you laughed at that got some people in here taking Xanax that's cool just pass it down we'll all share okay so I'm kidding I'm kidding set boundaries boundaries are helpful okay speak it set it and then you got to live it you got to hold up those boundaries you got to live that and walk that out all right look at this verse Proverbs 7 oh I've already read that one Here's the, here's the fourth one, the last one. Lift others up. This is the final step of getting out of the drama triangle. Lift others up. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. Can we just pause right there for a second? How many think everybody in our nation and everybody, everybody needs this verse right here? Uh, everybody. I mean, it's just our words have gotten so ugly and so hateful and man never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth but instead let your words become man please latch on to this today let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others do this by speaking words of grace to help them the final door out of the DTZ out of the drama triangle zone is this portal right here it's our mouth what comes out of our mouth changes everything and let me be transparent for a second um because i know you guys think well he's my pastor he's perfect <laughs> that's hilarious um i have found that i can give beautiful words of grace i can give beautiful gifts the words to you i, I can um i can give beautiful words of grace and encouragement to a cashier at walmart 
I can give beautiful words of grace to people that are further from me, but why is it so difficult to give those same beautiful words to the ones that are closest to us in our family? You know, I mean, it's just being real honest, you know, I, was, I find that the closer you are to me, the more real me you see, and the more real I am, the more I see how much I got to work on me. Just, be, just being honest, you know. I know you think that when my kids annoy me, when they come in with a bad attitude and my 18-year-old rolls her eyes at me again, you know, that I'm going to say, daughter, I forgive you before you even ask. Come close. Let me pray for you to have a better day, that the Spirit of the Lord will just rise up on the inside and you'll be set free from these demons right now and that this will be the best day of your life that don't happen right what happens more than anything is the first part of this verse where words come out of my mouth that i really wish didn't come out of my mouth i'm just telling you that i'm i'm being honest it's just a work in progress right but i'm not going to stop working on it i'm not just going to accept living in the drama triangle because that's not normal and I'm not going to keep believing a lie that drama is normal. Drama is common. It is not normal. And I want to live a life walking in the power of Jesus Christ where my words to everybody, those far from me and those right up in my grill, are beautiful words of grace. When we do these things, when we, when we follow this escape plan, I'm telling you, man, it gets you out of the drama triangle and gets you into the circle of harmony, which is where we want to be. Will you, will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a second? And here's what I want to do this morning. Just sitting there with your eyes closed, your head bowed. Um, there, I have figured this time into the service, so we're not going over. So just relax for a second. I just want you to be completely honest with yourself. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to confess this into a microphone or anything like that. But I want you to be honest with yourself. Where are you? Are you in the drama zone? Are you, are you in the DTZ? And if so, what role are you currently playing? Are you the victim? Are you trying to rescue somebody? Are you the persecutor? Are you the constantly complaining person, telling everybody that's wrong? Okay, just let that, just focus on that for a second. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing these things to the surface of our minds, the surface of our spirits. Holy Spirit, I know and believe that you're moving and that you're active right now. And these, these situations that are coming to our mind, these people that are coming to our mind, maybe they weren't, we weren't that kind to them, we weren't whatever. But they're coming to the surface of our minds, the surface of our spirits, because, not because you're condemning us for those things, but you're convicting us of those things so that we can be set free from those things because it's by your power and your anointing that breaks that yoke, that bondage. So Father, right now, those things that have surfaced in our hearts, our minds, our spirits, that show us where we are in the, in the drama world, that some of us are actually the causers of it. Some of us have been living in the drama zone for so long, we're going to have to learn a whole new lifestyle getting out of it. But by your strength and by your power, I believe it is possible in the name of Jesus. So Father, wherever we are in that, I just ask that you take the situation, the person, and let us help us, give us the strength to apply the proper thing, whether it's forgiveness, or maybe it's just serving them, or maybe it's loving on them, 
giving them words of grace, whatever it is. Father, give us the strength to do that and set us free and set us out of the drama zone and let us establish a circle of harmony in your presence. Still praying with your eyes closed, your head bowed. You're here and you're, you didn't... You didn't know there was a drama triangle, but now you've learned that there's a drama triangle and you are the mayor of drama town. It is, you, you're just, man, you all up in it. And the reason is things are going wrong and it's so bad and so much drama is because every time something falls apart, you manipulate the situation to put it back together. And the problem is, the reason that's happening is because you don't have a firm foundation of bedrock called Jesus Christ. You don't have a firm foundation that all things lead to Jesus. And if we'll step on Him and stand on Him, He will propel us into our future. So what I'm saying is what you need is a Savior. You need someone to step in and say, I can transform your life today. If that's you, I'm not going to call you down front, not going to embarrass you. This is a personal decision right now between you and Jesus Christ. But you're going to say, I need Jesus in my life. I'm making a decision today to follow after Him. If that's you, raise your hand up. Come on, put them up. I'm going I'm to count the hands because you're not alone. Hold it up for a second. There's 11 first service, 11 second service. One, two, three, four, five. Father, I thank you for these five people. What a joy. What a joy. Father, I just ask right now that you do a miraculous move in their hearts. Father, that you don't just remove them from the drama. Father, I just ask that you remove the drama altogether. Do something spectacular and amazing. Father, you said that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that means we're going to start, these people are going to start telling everybody, I am a follower of Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. I have made a decision to follow Jesus. And that if we would believe in our heart that you were raised from the dead on the third day, you said that we would be saved. So Father, by, the, by what your word says, by their belief and their confession, save them right now in your beautiful name. And Lord, now I ask that you wash them clean, that you remove all the vandalism, all the junk and all the stuff that's taken up residence in their souls. Set them free and remove them from the drama triangle and let them find a whole new life because you give life and life to the fullest. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. Um, if you're one of those people that raised your hand, let me, give you a, let me give you a little heads up. There's a book down here that you can come down after service and get it. It's completely free. It's called Fresh Start. And it's going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey because um, it really is important. So it's totally free. There's no hoops to jump through. You can come down and get that. And then if anybody needs prayer for anything, there'll be people down front on both sides that will be here to pray with you and help you however they can. All right. Stand with me, if you will. And while you're staying, let me remind you that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to take communion, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to do that. All right, let me pray the benediction and we will jet out of here and give you time to go buy me a Christmas gift. All right, Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, we just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great